Hello and welcome to another episode of TOTS. I'm your host, Ben Gardner. This episode is going to be something that I've been working on for a really long time and that I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of flack over. This is, of course, my TikTok episode. Those of you who know me know that I have some uh, opinions about TikTok and its history and some of the things that I've seen going on behind the scenes. Uh, So this episode is to break that down, to try and give you an idea of what I've been seeing and some of the concerns that I have. Um, But I want to break this down in the most fair way I can possible. We're going to interview one of my friends who recently had something blow up on TikTok. We're going to cover everything, and I hope that at the end of this podcast, this will give you a much better idea of some of the things going on behind the scenes that you may not be aware of. So let's get into it. So to fully understand and to fully break down TikTok and everything about it, I think first we have to understand better what it is. So if you've been living under a rock for the past three years and you have no idea what TikTok is, let me break it down for you. So TikTok is a video sharing and creation app, usually featuring very short videos that users are making, uh, and it's blown up in the past two years. And so it's also owned by uh, a Chinese networking company called ByteDance. Um, And so they're Beijing-based. They were founded in 2012. And what what the main bread and butter of this started as was like lip syncing, comedy, uh, little dance videos, stuff like that. And what it's kind of evolved into is something a lot different than that. Uh, But let's keep going with the history of it. So it's found, ByteDance is founded in 2012. And then TikTok comes around later in 2016, 2017. Uh, So first it was launched in China, uh, and there's actually a Chinese version of it, and I'm sure that I am butchering this pronunciation, but it's Douyin. And Douyin is basically like the Chinese version. Uh, It's only on the Chinese servers, um, so it's complying with China's different censorship restrictions. so again, it's, it's important to understand some context here. So the internet that they receive in China is not like the internet that we receive where I am in the United States. There are a lot of restrictions covering censorship and things that the Chinese people are just not allowed to see on a regular basis. But the US version of Douyin, TikTok obviously, came around in 2016. And so how that kind of came about was they were looking for a way to smoothly enter the United States market. And so what they did was they actually merged with Musical.ly, uh, which was another popular lip syncing uh, video app. And when they did that merge, that allowed them to enter the U.S. market really smoothly because Musical.ly basically already had most of everything set up. They had a bunch of users, a lot of different accounts. They had the lip syncing going. Um, They had been working on different deals with Universal Music Group um, and some of those different uh, music companies that do a lot of the copyright stuff. So they were well on their way already with Musical.ly. And so that merge helped them enter really nicely into the United States market um, without too much fuss. And so in the beginning, there wasn't really that many problems with TikTok. It started and people were starting to get used to it. People were starting to make fun videos and uh, dances started to go viral. And it was a good time. Everything was going great. 
And then what we've seen recently is it's taken this downturn. But before I get to the downturn, I want to talk about the stats because it is impossible to fully understand this and how wide reaching it is without talking about how many people actually use it and the ages of the people that actually use it. So their stats as far as monthly active users is 800 million, 800 million active monthly users. The total number of downloads, 1.65 billion with a big old B. And the number of video views per day, 1 billion. So 1 billion video views every single day. That like blows every other social media out of the water. You look at Facebook and they have mass amounts of views on lots of different videos and stuff like that. But TikTok, I mean, this, this is ridiculously high. And then as far as demographics, 41% of TikTok users are between 16 and 24. So their minimum age that they've stated on the app is 13. But for some of the content that we're seeing, I, I don't know. That, that age seems very low to me. But, but let's keep going. We have 56% of TikTok users are male, 44% are female. And interestingly enough, roughly 50% of TikTok's global audience, so the whole world, is under the age of 34. 26% between 18 and 24. So a little bit of a smaller range there. So what I want to do is I want to talk to my good friend Becky about her experience with TikTok. Um, she has a video that's been going kind of viral. It's, it's, it's gaining some momentum. I want to talk to her about what she thinks about TikTok because she is a very regular user. Hey, Becky, thanks for coming on TOTS. Thanks for having me, Ben. Of course. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I am currently a senior at Catholic University in DC. Um, I'm an art history major with a minor in management. And yeah. Awesome. So what do you think about TikTok? Well, I think that it's a great app. It's a lot of fun. Um, I personally use it as a stress reliever, but I think that it's just a really, it's a fun app to be a part of. It's a fun community. Nice. And how long have you had your TikTok? Um, so I think I was uh, pressured into downloading it at the beginning of this year. So I've probably had it about since October-ish. My friends got it and they were like, you have to get on it so we can send you TikToks. So. Nice, nice. Uh, and what do you like best about TikTok? Um... I like that it's, like I said before, it's a really great stress reliever. Everyone's kind of funny and doing their own creative thing. And it's just a really, it's a great space to like take a step back from stress, but also to like have a fun time or express yourself or do something like that. Yeah. And does it help with your friends? Like, do you send your TikToks around to everybody? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that it's actually more of like, I don't send my own TikToks, but everyone else, you know, when you're scrolling through your For You page, then you like pick things that you're like, oh my goodness, my friend would love to see this. And then it just turns into like this big thing where you can send all your friends different TikToks and it's a great time. That's awesome. And so recently you actually became somewhat of a TikTok superstar. <laughs> well, not really. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I blew up on a singular video. I got 
75.5 now thousand views on a singular video but every other video I've made is maybe like anywhere between like 10 to maybe like a thousand views so like not that much that's still pretty impressive though 75.5 thousand views that's pretty great just a little bit crazy and uh what was that process like and tell me about the tiktok that you made that that kind of blew up a little bit um so basically well obviously right now we're going through the whole coronavirus situation and i've been spending a lot of time at home and my siblings all have tiktok as well so we kind of bounce funny ideas off of each other and when we get bored we just film tiktoks um so the one that i filmed that went kind of viral um, was just me like walking in and out of my bathroom to a song and um, saying different things about like the process that the schools have gone through in closing down and sending us all online. And I think that that just really resonated with everyone right now. But it also seems really funny because my facial expressions and all that, all that jazz. Yeah, that's great. And uh, actually, in a former episode, uh, Students in Quarantine, I was talking to several students, one of which had coronavirus, uh, about how they're using humor to kind of get through this coronavirus situation. What would you say kind of towards that? Are you making a lot of TikToks that have to do with coronavirus? Are you seeing a lot of those? And and what effect do you think that has on uh, definitely the younger generations going through this right now? Well, my For You page is definitely flooded with coronavirus um, TikToks. And I think a part of that is because it's what I, it's what's on everyone's mind right now. But um, TikTok is also using it as a way to spread awareness. Every time someone uses the hashtag like Corona time or coronavirus or quarantine or self-isolation, they put a little bar underneath the TikTok where people can learn more about the whole situation. Um, so I think that that's probably why it's so... Um, prevalent on like the the timelines that everyone's seeing um but i also think that it's a good way for especially the older generation or older on tiktok that means like in your 20s right um older generation can uh kind of relieve some stress because obviously those of us who are in high school and in college this is a huge just like setback for us we're having a lot to deal with emotionally and so it kind of helps relieve some of that stress and emotions that kind of build up with this very different situation um but personally yeah i've been making a lot of tiktoks since we kind of had this self-isolation and i actually started doing a trend more for myself where i was like learning one of the tiktok dances over a period of days just to like keep myself happy and keep myself upbeat i didn't really care if anyone saw it but it was a way for me to be creative and get myself moving in a limited space and just like have a fun time even though i was going through a lot so yeah that's awesome. And so do you have any concerns about TikTok or would you like to see anything improve with the company or the service in general? Well, so there's a couple different levels that I have concerns about TikTok with um, on the most like, I guess, superficial level. So like what you see on the surface is um, it's a lot of younger kids that become really famous on TikTok and kind of like blow up in quotation. Um because um, I like and I don't 
really understand that entirely. I mean, if you have talent, that's great. And one of the big things about TikTok is the dances. And so these younger girls who can dance are on it a lot, which is great. And they're famous through it. And maybe that'll jumpstart their career. But I think, I mean, I remember how I felt when I was 15. I mean, I was a freshman in high school and I wouldn't know what to do with the millions of dollars that they're making already. So on that level, it concerns me because I don't think it's necessarily healthy for younger kids who are even like in middle school to see um, people that are just a couple years older than them making millions already because I don't think that's realistic. It's not a realistic goal. And it's so it's a little bit scary to see that that's how I mean, every time a new social media platform comes out, this kind of happens and the age gets younger and younger. But it's kind of so that kind of scares me a little bit about the platform. But then on a wider stance, um, I think something that kind of scares me about the platform or, and it's just growth moving forward is the fact that it's owned by China and it operates in China. And, um, there's kind of that whole issue with, um, them having ownership of your own property, because it's not like something in the U S where if a U.S. company, if TikTok was a U.S. company, then it's kind of like everything that you make is your own property, but that's not necessarily the case because the, country that kind of owns this company isn't within the same bounds as actually most of the TikTok stars who are making this um, material, which could not be theirs in a couple of years. We don't really know. So I think that that it adds a level of like uncertainty to the app, which is something that you don't think about when you're just trying to make, you know, stress relieving videos. But right. You're trying to focus on the good parts. And it's like, that's kind of like this looming dark cloud over top of it. Right. So definitely try not to focus on that. But I've been made really aware of it just in um, college classes that I've had, but then also by my friends and by, um, just my own bit of research that I did on it once I downloaded it and heard that it might be a little bit shady in some areas. So yeah, I think there's a couple of different levels of it that aren't necessarily the best, but I do kind of support the people that do it for fun and do it to make people laugh and do it to relieve their stress and be creative. Yeah. So you said a couple things uh, that I kind of want to drill down on a little bit further. So you mentioned uh, the younger age of the people that are blowing up. Um, What do you think about some of these dances and some of these songs that these younger kids and and children, their children are dancing to and kind of blowing up on in terms of like, is it appropriate? What what do you think? Well, I don't want to sound overly Catholic. But I do think that it's a little bit, I mean, it's just a little bit inappropriate. I mean, I get it because I was a dancer for a bit and I have friends who were dancers when they were younger and, you know, I've been sucked into dance moms for like a couple, for like a year. I was, you know, kind of a little bit obsessed. And who hasn't? I mean, I I know, I know. Right. (laughs) The whole thing. I mean, the thing about dancing is that it's an art form and as an art history major, I can definitely speak to this, but there's a certain level where you have to surpass the way that the art is being presented and just appreciate the art itself. And so when it's, when it's a younger girl who's doing kind of more sexual moves, when you first look at it, you're going to be like, Oh, that's not cool. Like that's really kind of just gross for a younger girl to be doing that. I don't think that's a good thing. Like she's not being a good role model to even younger girls. And it's just a little bit, you know, um, risque, but I think that it's also, there's something to be said for like art or dance as an art form. Um, however, saying that I don't necessarily think that the dances they're doing on TikTok are that art form because I know just like two of the girls that have really like blown up, I think they're like 15 and 16 
Now, one of them's 15 and one of them's maybe like 17. And so they're still like with their parents and they're doing all these dances. And I'm like, I would never do that. And I'm 22. Like you are just, you know, throwing it back is like the whole thing. Everyone's <laughs> how to do that right now. And I'm like, I can't believe that a 15 year old taught an entire like society how to throw it back. I'm like, I just can't comprehend that. Um, and I don't. Yeah. So I don't think it's um, it's a little worrisome. Yeah, it's a little worrisome. I mean, you know, let people do what they're going to do. And if your parents are if you're 15 and your parents are letting you do whatever on an app and show off your body, then like that's on them and that's on you. But like also it's a little bit just scary for the upcoming generation, I think. So sure. Hey, well, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, of course. And uh, keep those keep those TikToks rolling. I will. One of the biggest things that I'm seeing across the internet and complaints from parents and stuff like that about safety and as far as like the ages of the people on there is that when you sign into TikTok, they have no sort of age verification and they don't try and make sure that people are actually the age that they're claiming that they are. So I decided I would do literally my worst nightmare um, and download TikTok just to see what the sign-in process is like. So let's go through that. So I'm on the TikTok app. Um, it says make your day. Okay. Well, we'll see about that. Uh, so choose your interests. So I'm going to say, let's say comedy, travel, animals, and let's do life hacks. Hit next. Okay. We swipe up. And we start watching. Is this is this it? Okay, it's asking to send me post notifications. I'm gonna say no to that. And I'm I'm on TikTok now. Okay, I think it's trying to teach me how to use it. So it's showing me videos. I'm assuming from some pretty popular um, TikTok users. Yep, we have Charlie D'Amelio, who's I believe one of the largest uh, TikTokers. Okay. Yeah, so it's allowing me to view. I have not signed up for anything yet. Let's hit sign up. So you can go through your phone, email, Facebook, Google, Apple, stuff like that. Let's go through Google. We're going to use the Google sign in. Use my account. This is making me sad. I don't want to do this. Okay, so it's accepted my email. Create a username. Hit sign up. And I have an account. It was it was that easy. Okay. Now, I'm not trying to attack TikTok on the basis of, well, they're not verifying age across the board, so that's awful. Listen, it's it's a challenge when you are social media to filter everything that's coming in and being put out and all the content and stuff like that, but this is the easiest sign up that I've ever done. Um, they have nothing in here about how old I am or anything like that. I could literally be anybody just like on literally any other social media. Um, and I, again, I'm not attacking it based off of, well, you could pretend to be somebody cause you can do that on every single social media, but I don't know. This just seemed a little easy. I just signed up right with my Google, uh, account and it's, I'm done. I could, I could look at anything now. So when we talk about what's been happening with TikTok and kind of the fears that I'm having surrounding it, this is definitely something that worries me just a little bit. Uh, I'm imagining 
that we have a lot of younger people who like to go on here. Again, we said 41% of users are 16 to 24. Um, I would imagine that we have a lot of users that are a lot younger than that. Again, the minimum age is 13 now. Um, and I mean, suppose their parent does the right thing and they're like, you know what, before you get the social media, I want to check it out. I'm going to look into it, make sure that it's safe, all this other stuff. And suppose they do all of that right. If I am some kid, it takes 30 seconds to create a Gmail account or something like that. And then I could just make a TikTok. Even if my parents are like, no, can't do that. You know, I could be 10, I could be seven, I could be 13. It doesn't matter you know, kids today are so tech savvy that it, it's not hard to figure out how to get into this. Oh, I have to sign up with an email. Well, what's an email? Google how to make an email. Gmail pops up. Make one of those literally in 30 seconds. And then I just make a TikTok account. And I mean, to make that account literally took me, I don't know, maybe 25 seconds. So it is a little bit worrisome that there's no sort of like age verification. I'm I don't know how they would do that. I would imagine that they would have to try and connect to something where you would verify your age through that. Um, and I mean, again, like I said, in the beginning, this would not have been such a huge problem because in the beginning, it wasn't it wasn't anything bad. It was just people doing stuff on TikTok. They're making fun lip syncing videos and stuff like that. But now what we're seeing is it's turned into a lot worse. And actually, I'm getting it here just... I'm on my For You page, uh, and if you're not aware of what the For You page is, basically they have an algorithm, and what this algorithm does is it tracks what kind of content you like, what kind of content you watch, uh, what you click on, things like that, and then what it does is it makes suggestions for you based off of, you know, what you like, and that, that's there's nothing inherently wrong about that. Instagram does that. I believe Facebook has a feature where it does that, but... I just scrolled and I must have scrolled through 15 videos and I've landed on this one that's making me a little worried. So again, there was no age verification. All I did was sign up with an email and the 15th video down is this very attractive looking woman uh, and she is in probably the smallest shorts that I've ever seen. Um, and listen, I'm not someone to try and say how people should dress, how they should act. I'm not even someone who wants to control people on what they post on the internet for the most part. However, here's the problem. Let's say that I'm 10 years old. I sign up with this account. My parents either told me it was fine or they said, don't do it. I did it anyways. 15 down and I'm now looking at this video of this girl and she's doing splits and stretches. Her butt is facing the camera the whole time. And it's, I, I don't know, this, this seems inherently wrong to me. Uh, I got on Instagram pretty early when I was in middle school, um, and I don't remember there being any sort of content like this. I just, it's just so inappropriate and so immediate. All right, so here, we're down on the 18th video, uh, and the caption is, guys only like you for your body, and it's a girl in her underwear, and she's just, she's doing a little, little dance in her bed, in her underwear. Like this is, you cannot make this up. This is literally just me scrolling down. Again, I put in my interests as animals, comedy, um, like categories like that. Why am I seeing a girl in her bed, in her underwear? Like, I don't understand what the purpose of that could be. But then we start to get a little, a little insightful and we start to think about this a little bit. And we're saying, 
well, how did this blow up so quickly? And, and how is this progressing so fast? And then we look at the content and we say, well, hold on. A lot of this content is kind of inappropriate. A lot of these trend dances going around, a little bit inappropriate. These are things that you would expect adults to be doing. But now, through TikTok, because they partnered with Musical.ly, and they have a couple other things, like, you know, the Universal Music Group uh, deals and things like that, they're able to provide this sort of content very easily and very rapidly. Again, over a billion views every single day. And so, being a good marketing student, I like to think about this as a marketing ploy. Okay, so why, what, what advantage do you have when you have scantily clad people showing off their bodies and doing inappropriate things? Wait a minute, we're talking about sex. Sex sells every single time. And the disturbing thing now is that while sex has always been used to sell different sort of products from cars to cigarettes to you name it to adults, now sex is being used to sell to kids. That's what's freaking me out. That is what I wanted to do with this episode. I wanted to talk about this because I haven't used TikTok. I just signed up today. I had to scroll 15 times and now I'm seeing inappropriate stuff. There's no age verification. There was nothing like that. There wasn't even, you know, it's it's a common joke on the internet about porn websites where you have that little pop-up and it says, you know, are you over 18? You know, you have to click yes. If you click no, they're not going to let you into the site. That's like nothing, but this doesn't even have that. This has nothing. I scroll 18 times and I already get two inappropriate videos when my the categories that I picked up to be suggested were, were nothing to do with any dancing. It was nothing to do with underwear or women or anything like that. And yet that's what I'm getting. That's what's popping up. The other thing is that nobody can tell me right now that I'm getting suggested that because that's what I've been looking on. I just signed up right now. So now what we're seeing is, okay, we have the for you algorithm, but the for you algorithm isn't actually just for you. Now they're taking data from what other people like, what's blowing up all around TikTok, which more and more is inappropriate content, and they're saying, we're going to push this onto our new users. We're going to push this onto anybody coming in because we think that they're going to like this, regardless of the appropriateness of the content. And I'm not a prude. I'm not out here to say that there shouldn't be inappropriate things on the internet or anything like that. But when your minimum age is 13, and when over 50% of your your viewership is is young this this is a problem a lot of this stuff is trending towards kids a lot of the marketing is around making silly faces uh with the different filters or doing you know different silly content so why why are we marketing so heavily towards kids with content that is clearly inappropriate it makes me stop and think, and i that's another reason why I wanted to do this episode, is you are probably not the people that I am trying to help with this episode. You're probably not a young kid who might be walking into this and have no idea what's going on and be blindsided by this kind of content that you've probably never seen across the internet before. Or maybe you have, but now it's being shoved down your throat through things like this. But what I'm trying to do 
is trying to start the conversation that while maybe you're not affected, maybe your little younger brother or your younger sister is affected, or maybe your little cousin. So I, I just want to start that conversation because abuse is like this, and it is an abuse. Let's, let's get that straight. This is an abuse. An abuse of the internet like this, where they are marketing inappropriate content specifically towards children, is a massive problem. And this is not the first time that TikTok has gotten in trouble with this kind of content or this kind of stuff before and children. If you look up TikTok pedophilia or TikTok predator, the number one thing that's going to pop up if you click on news is all of these local stations who are also trying to give a voice to what I'm trying to give a voice to which is that there's some issues here. So I look it up, and I'm looking at this news. We have uh, WBRC6, okay? This is uh, from Alabama, I believe. Uh, And it's a mom who, her 11-year-old daughter, who's on TikTok. Okay, so again, we we know that these these age barriers are not working because they're not in place. Uh, She fell asleep with the phone in her hand, And it was on TikTok and in the messages. So she goes and looks at that and she's talking to an older man and he's grooming her. He's saying awful things and he's, he's flirting with her. You're beautiful. Saying things, you're this, you're that. Talking to her about what she's like and who she is. And again, you know, let's play devil's advocate. Maybe there's you know, maybe he doesn't know that she's a child. But if you are posting videos of yourself, if you're an 11 year old girl and you're posting videos of yourself and that's how this guy found you and he's talking to you, this this is an older guy. I'm looking at the picture here. He looks like he's in his 30s or 40s. Why is a 30 to 40 year old man messaging an 11 year old girl and calling her beautiful on TikTok? This is, it's not like he like commented this and he was just talking about, you know, like whatever, like, you know, you're, you're sending a nice message or whatever. He is in her messages saying you're beautiful and talking to her about herself. So this is just creepy. I don't want to get into any more of these stories. Um, he said a lot more graphic stuff that I, I just cannot repeat because it is disgusting and abhorrent. And so I won't, but this happens all the time and no one is talking about this. And I don't know why. And so part of me believes that a lot of what's going into this is people don't want to talk about it. And what we have now is a situation where this is such a great app. Oh, it's great. Like I, there's a lot of funny stuff on here. There's a lot of great dances I want to learn and do with my friends. And listen, I'm guilty of that too. All right, I, I just went on spring break with my friends and we were all learning TikTok dances together. And we, you know, it's a fun group activity. And some of the funniest videos that I've seen on the entire internet in all of my 22 years of being on this planet, some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen has come through TikTok. And I'll see it on Instagram or I'll see it on Facebook and stuff like that. So it's not all inherently bad, but good Lord, there's some bad stuff on here and it's not being taken care of. So let's talk about TikTok's response to all this. So TikTok sees all of these issues coming in and what they decide to do is make a family safe mode. And so I just want to get into that a little bit. Essentially what the family safe mode allows parents to do is make a TikTok or if they already have a TikTok, link their TikTok to their child's TikTok and then control the features uh, for parental controls and things like that remotely 
from their TikTok. So basically, it's like having like an admin or a parent account, no pun intended, uh, above the child's account to ensure that the content that is coming through is appropriate. And so basically, why this move came about is because uh, it was recently announced that half of all 10-year-olds own a smartphone. So that, that, that's pretty crazy. And as we know, a lot of children are using TikTok. Um, there's some other statistics that I found, but I couldn't verify them, so I, I'm not going to share those. Um, but there's actually something a little more interesting going on behind the scenes here, as there seems to always be with TikTok. So there's this guy named Stephen Balcom, and he is the head of the Family Online Safety Institute, okay? Now, this is, this is a charity that is trying to help people, and, and parents especially, keep their children safe on the internet. And what he's saying, uh, this is a direct quote, we see this as a step forward for TikTok. And he says that one of the charity steps is leading to good digital parenting. Three words, good digital parenting. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like BS. Did I mention that TikTok is also a member of this charity? Okay, so we have TikTok puts something out, and this charity that TikTok is a part of and probably gives a ton of money to says, yeah, we, you know, we wanted to put this in place so parents can be better parents digitally for their kids. That sounds like BS to me. You know why? Because basically what they're doing is saying, there's nothing wrong with TikTok. TikTok is fine. The problem is your parenting. We're not advertising to children. We're not Jewel. We're not, we're not pushing any sort of inappropriate content. No, no. The problem is you. The problem is you. That you're allowing your kids to have phones and you're allowing your kids on the internet. That's why that sounds like BS to me. Because what they're doing is they're pushing the blame. They're passing the buck along. They're saying, nothing wrong with TikTok. All the parents' fault. If you don't like the content, you need to figure out your own situation with your kids. And you know what? I kind of agree with that a little bit. Parents, you should be doing a better job making sure that your kids are not finding inappropriate content. But here's the thing. It's not parents' complete fault. Can you fault a parent for being a little too busy to check up on every single thing that their kid does on the internet? I can't. I'm not a parent. I'm not going to put myself in that uh, sort of context and say, you know what, they should be doing this a hell of a lot better because that's not me. Especially when what we're seeing is a lot of these ads are targeting kids especially. So TikTok is bringing in the kids and then they're seeing inappropriate content that TikTok is clearly pushing as we just saw in my demonstration, and then they're saying, it's the parents' fault. If they don't like the content, they need to figure that out. It's not our fault. Content's fine. That is the most social media conglomerate, like, push-off. The, the biggest one I've ever seen. We've seen stuff with Instagram and Facebook being a little fishy, but, oh my goodness, to have the balls to say there's nothing wrong with the way that we're operating. We're just targeting children and then we're just pushing inappropriate content in their face. That's like, like what the hell? So this leads us back to the point that I made earlier that a lot of what is being pushed on TikTok now by the content creators and then what is being popularized by 
the users of TikTok and also TikTok itself is inappropriate. Okay. And again, I I know I'm going to get labeled a prude. Uh, People are going to say I'm a killjoy, all these things. That's fine. You can say whatever you want about me. But honestly, literally 18, 18 swipes down and there's two inappropriate videos already. No age verification. Like this, this is a problem. Okay. And again, this is not the first time that TikTok has had these problems, which is why they release the parental controls, which is why they're doing all of this other stuff. But the problem is, is that even if you create parental controls, you cannot create controls on your kid. You cannot control what that kid is going to put onto the internet. Okay, and so let's say you do block inappropriate content on TikTok. And let's say that the TikTok uh, algorithms are fantastic and perfect and beautiful, which they're clearly not. And nothing inappropriate slips through the cracks and they see nothing inappropriate on TikTok. The biggest thing that people are doing now, because TikTok, if you want to find more related videos, you can do that and they make it a little bit easier. But the biggest thing that people are doing is they go to YouTube and they look up a certain dance or they look up a certain trend on YouTube and then it's compilations. And these compilations collectively have hundreds of millions of views, which is fine. Again, the internet should be a free place, but it's, it's not doing enough to do parental controls on there. And then what we're seeing is we have minors who are replicating these dances. And again, I'm, I'm not some like super old person. I'm 22 years old. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have all this life wisdom and all that BS. But children imitate things. That's how they learn. We know this. Everyone has learned this in school. Okay. So when they see something blowing up or they go on YouTube and they see a compilation and they say that these TikToks have, you know, 100 million views, things like that, because it's an inappropriate dance, they're going to emulate that. And these dance trends, they spread through the entire thing. Now, I'm not going to release any names, but there was a case last year that I found uh, from someone that I know and their young daughter, who I believe was around eight years old, um, And she showed me a video on her TikTok and she was really proud of it. And she said, you know, I got a lot of likes on this one. I was really proud of this thing. I I wanted to show it to you. And this was back when I was a little more naive about what TikTok really was. And she shows it to me. And this song was more inappropriate, I think, than any of the songs that I listened to. And I listened to a couple songs that that are not super appropriate. But it was literally just like every two seconds, something super inappropriate. Um, I'm not going to allude to what the song was either. Um, But and then she's doing this viral dance that goes with the song and actions that go with the song. She's eight years old and she's dancing to a song about sex. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And no one, no one is solving this issue. TikTok is not solving this issue by putting parental controls on there. No one is solving this issue. And that's the big problem, is that as much control as you want to put on and as much much as you want to censor, and TikTok does a lot of censoring, you are not going to solve this problem until people start waking up and realizing that while it's fun and there's a lot of really great content on there, there are some massive issues that need to be worked out in protection of kids. And as I alluded to earlier, this is not TikTok's first issue with children and their rights and stuff that they're seeing. There was a lawsuit that happened, a class action lawsuit 
that accused them of actually taking the data from some of their youngest, yes, their youngest uh, users and collecting that and then selling it back to third parties back in China and advertisers. Okay, so ByteDance was accused on December 3rd of last year, 2019, of collecting data from Musical.ly users, again, who they merged with, under the age of 13 without the parental consent or anything explicit like that, and then they sold it to advertisers. Okay, and there's a great act in place, it's called COPPA, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, that forbids social media companies from doing this very thing. They settled in one day. TikTok literally settled in one day. One day they settled. Ridiculous. They settled, it was $5.7 million for COPA violations, and they settled in one day. They just paid it. They said, okay, fine, you got us. To me, that doesn't sound like they actually learned a lesson. The reason these fines are in place is to say to these companies, we see you and you're breaking the rules and you're breaking the law and this is awful. You cannot do that. You are being punished so that you never do this again. If your company pays it off in a single day, do you really think that hurt that company? You really think they're going to think twice about doing that in the future? I sure as hell don't think they are. That What they're showing us right now is that that's chump change. They're like, we don't care about that. We violated some BS COPPA act. Okay, fine. We'll pay $5.7 million. Compared to what they've been making off of these advertisers on here, nothing. Absolutely nothing. The last thing I want to talk about is ownership, because I think that this is probably what most people who have TikToks are completely unaware of when they make their content. So this is from 2018. These are the terms of service of TikTok. Um, I don't suggest reading them all, which is rare. I would normally suggest reading them. Uh, However, unless you have a couple years on your hands uh, and you want to wait that to use TikTok, I wouldn't suggest it because it is 27 thousand words 27,000 words what does that mean exactly how many pages do we think that is a hell of a lot more pages than I'm going to be able to read if I'm just trying to use an app to have some fun and to relax a little bit I'm not going to read that so but let's let's get into what's actually in this I just want to read you one really quick section so this is directly from the terms of use You or the owner of your user content still own the copyright in user content sent to us, but by submitting user content via the services, you hereby grant us an unconditional, irrevocable, non-exclusive, royalty-free, fully transferable, perpetual worldwide license to use, modify, adapt, reproduce, make derivative works of, publish, and or transmit, and or distribute to authorize other users of the services and other third parties to view, access, use, download, modify, adapt, reproduce, make derivative works of, publish, and or transmit your user content in any format on any platform, either known or here and after invented. Does that sound like a terms of service for an app that you want to be using? Basically what that says is, Yeah, whatever you create, you like kind of own it. You own like the copyright to it. However, we also own it. We're partners in this. Whatever you create, we also own. We can sell it. We can make different works off of it. We can use it to advertise. 
One of my favorite YouTubers, his name is Cody Co. He made a video about this very thing, and he made a video making fun of TikTok, okay? And all of the TikToks that he made for that video were in his private account. Guess what? Doesn't matter. People were sending him screenshots for weeks after that of his face that TikTok was using for advertisements. They went into his private account, took a screenshot of his face with a filter on it, and started using that as their advertisements because he's a popular creator on YouTube. He has no way to stop it. They're literally making money off of his face and his content, and he literally cannot do anything. So I ask you, I implore you, does this really sound like an app that you want to get involved with, that you want to be creating for? What other kind of, of social media do you create something? Or where, where else in the world or the internet can you create something and all of a sudden it's not yours anymore? It's not completely yours. They get to use it for whatever they want. So I think that that's a major abuse. Obviously, people are signing up and not reading that. Um, which has its own implications. I don't know anyone that actually reads the terms of use or service, but uh, I don't know. All right, so that is going to do it for this episode. What I really hope that this accomplished is if you are listening to this, you become a lot more aware of what's actually involved with being on TikTok, some of the abuses that we're seeing, and some of the massive problems that need to be addressed and are clearly not being taken seriously. I hope everyone has a fantastic week. If you want to talk to me about this episode, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate for it uh, because I know a lot of people enjoy it and and there is a lot of great content on there. Uh, Please send me an email. You can go to my website, www.totspodcast.com. Peep the new website. It's fantastic. Our editor has been working very, very hard to make sure that all of that goes smoothly. You can also visit me on my other website, www.marketwithben.com. You can send me a message there. Uh, You can also listen to all of the other podcasts there, and you can find our Patreon. If you want to support the podcast and everything that goes into it, because it's a lot of time and it gets very costly, make sure you hit up our Patreon. We have some very cool and, and some very hilarious different tiers to make sure that we are still able to make the podcast at the end of the day. Anyways, I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and hopefully learned something. Uh, I might do a follow-up in the future. So stay tuned and look out for that. And I'll see you next time.